Southern California. On my left, my co-host and partner is Chumahan Bone, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to bring another great fucking show to the greatest audience of all time again. Come on. Come on. audio professional and engineer week haven't we dude you just got done telling me you're doing underground workouts what the fuck what? is that where's that at oh explain that first of all how do you even have an underground workout well, like, what it, is there's a, there's 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 don't give the coordinates it's been fucked up this fucking coronavirus yeah shut down my gym golds in venice and they reopened it up after a few weeks uh gloves and this and that and just to close it down 10 days later so been without the gym until a good friend of mine turned me on too. He goes, "Hey, bro, you want to come work out at a gym? We got all the tarps up on the windows, and oh, shit. it's underground. It's private. Come on down." So I went over there this week. Uh, I went over there on Friday and checked it out, and it is fucking legit, bro. Really? Yeah, it's great, bro. They give you they give you a key and everything. It's this is him. We got tape. The pump. The pump. Let's say you drain your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles, and that's what we call the pump. The pump. Your muscles get a really tight feeling, like your skin is going to explode. And yeah. It's really tight. It's like somebody blowing air into it. Air into it. Yeah, so, man. Again, the pump, dude. And I got a pump. I worked out with the. I worked out with some buddies on on Friday. Just pick the, just the smell of iron, bro. I gotta have it. So. I got myself into an underground gym. We got to do what we got to do while coronavirus. But, you know, pumping iron is one thing that's not going to stop. Now. So wait a second. It's inside <clears throat> a structure, right? Yeah. And the, the windows are blacked out. Blacked out with tarp. Right. And inside they've got it ventilated air, the whole thing. Just, right. It's a fucking perfect 70 degrees in there. You know, and uh, <clears throat> all new machinery. No and they've shit. Got, 
everything. I'm talking about every kind of Smith, squat, cable, everything, bro. Is it a strict cash business? Yep. No shit. And can you buy like a uh, protein powder or anything there as well? Or no, it's just strict gym. No, I mean, I think you might have a few things like that. Some gloves and some protein powder, a few little things behind the front desk. No shit. But yeah. It's funny because during like prohibition, they had speakeasies where there you, you could go. go. Exactly. Right? Knock on the door. Do you have to have like a password? No, but this place is so legit. Like they, you, you get a key. A key. You get a key to go in when you want, and you get a passcode to the to the uh, alarm. So if you want to go in there at like three in the morning, no, go in. Shit. Just make sure you set the alarm when you walk in and walk out, and What's be courteous. Like- put your weights away. Make sure that you just treat the place respectfully. So um, you know, it's not to the public. It's it's it was real word of mouth. The guys probably got about twenty close people that he's letting do this, and uh, you know. That's that's what's up. So that's what's going on. This has been a tough time, man. Like somebody like myself, um, I if you know me, you'd know that I go to the gym, if not seven days a week, six days a week. I'm in the gym no matter what. And if I can't make it there in the morning, then I'm going to get there at night. But I'm, I'm addicted to it. And it's my temple, and it's somewhere where I can go for an hour, hour, 15 minutes and do what's in front of me. Do be totally engaged in what's in front of me. I'm not thinking about me. I'm not thinking about the outside world, nothing. I put in my headphones and I'm working, you know, for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And to me, that's a meditation. You know, I'm not caught up in this world. I'm not caught up in myself. I'm not caught up in anything except the weights and the work that's in front of me. And um, the endorphins that are produced, the burn, the pump, all that stuff. You know, when I get done working out, I walk out of the gym and I'm on a high for a couple hours and that high has replaced other highs in my life. That's all been removed. Now, the first thing people are going to say is, well, you, is there nobody removing you from doing push-ups and nobody removing you for this. Yeah, it's different, man. I put on the headphones and I've had to like do a lot of push-ups and, and try and run and, and this and then and I got some dumbbells, but it's it's not the same as going to a gym and I miss that community and, and I like mm-hmm. I like it. So <clears throat> that's something that, is really important to my sanity and my mental health and physical health is a gym, you know? Mm-hmm. So back in it and um, I love being competitive. I love pushing myself physically. I love the change that comes with it. And of course, I love the high that comes with it, but, you know, I like, you know. So it's been kind of like a hit and miss and I haven't been on my A game and now – that I'm back at a gym, <clears throat> I feel like that just ups everything. My diet, my my cardio, like everything starts to work around that in a healthy manner. But uh, it's uh, there's something really therapeutic <clears throat> mentally about putting something back into your schedule too, like getting out of the house, doing something in in, a, in some type of schedule that's going to fit in your day. Absolutely, that's that's crazy. That's key. I, well, I'm kind of a guy that subscribes to a routine. Mm-hmm. Me and my sponsor talk about routine a lot, and a lot of the guys that I look at their lives and what and, and let me be clear, they could be extremely financial successful, or they could be not monetarily successful, but successful as fathers and right. other business or family. Okay, I, the guys that I look at that have successful lives, whatever those may consist of, the guys I'm trying to be more like um, are, are all guys that. They have a, a couple different things. One, they all get up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Two, 
to have a routine. Now, that routine may change from time to time. The more I get to know people or, or, or come to understand them, it does change every few years. It gets The knobs get turned a little bit. But it's basically, right? You get what I'm saying? It's basically this routine they have right. that they stick to, right. things a that flow. they do. And yeah. for me, I think uh, morning meditation, a meditation that I always do, um, at the gym, these are two things that throughout my life being healthy, I've always done. Like, so, wait, baby. I think it's important, man. So I, 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 and you know, and I learned that type of structure from, you know, maybe not the right places, but it stuck with me. That's true. And I do really, I do better with structure. So the, 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 the work and challenge has always been, how can I incorporate my own structure into my life where there's nobody having to watch or tell me? And that's part of keeping your word to what you do and, mm-hmm. and keep on showing up and doing it. And like, I ha- I really, that type of structure has been kind of like shooken up because of COVID. Um, and I feel like a gym is a big piece of me having a place to go to and do what I do every day. I need that in my life. I, I need to break a sweat every day. You know, I need to s- suffer and feel, I need to tear it down each day mm-hmm. somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And be on the recover for the next one. But I, I like just living like that. And then it's like, hey, man, I kind of build my my health around the gym. So if I'm lifting, well, then I need to start being, making sure I'm eating right. And and, and just, it's kind of sends things. I don't know, man. Does what I'm saying make sense? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm really happy about it. For me, finding a gym to work out at right now was big. Sean, what's your daily routine? Um, I... My wife just got a job, so she's working from home. So I usually get up with my kid. What time do you get up? I get up when my kid gets up. I usually get up before him, and I'm like, you know, checking the news, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, because he sleeps with me, so um, I get up whenever he gets up. So if he wakes up at eight, I get up at eight. If he wakes up at seven, I would get up at seven. Okay, and then what? And then we do uh, breakfast. And then uh, we do a little activity, a game or whatever. And then he gets dressed. We take a walk, we come back from the walk, then we do a lesson, and then we do another activity, whatever it is, game, whatever, and then he has lunch, and then uh, then we'll do another game or something, and hopefully my, my wife's done from there, and then I get to hop on the computer, take a look at jobs or whatever it is. Right. So I get up at like about, I get up at five, five mm-hmm. every morning, mm-hmm. five this morning. Mm-hmm. I get up at five and I go running now. Because that's what I can do, and I do push-ups on the way back home, 150 push-ups. And that is not necessarily replacing what my weight gain was before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's a routine. And I definitely have to do it in the morning, and it's definitely got to get done before the entire house is awake. I'm up before the baby. I'm up before my wife. I'm up before the mother-in-law. I'm up before everybody, and I'm out. And <clears throat> I usually listen to motivational um, speeches or whatever you want to call it from YouTube, in the morning, right, in the first part. And I've got my whole course set up for a five to six mile run. Mm-hmm. Then on the second lap, I switch over and I'm able to do some social media stuff while I'm running. While I run, I got my phone and I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff. Already setting up the day, whatever it is. While you're running. While I'm running. It's crazy. And then <clears throat> I walk back from the location from when I do the run. And on the way back, uh, I do push-ups all the way back to the burn. To the you walk 100 steps and do the push-ups, 100 steps and do the push-ups? Less than 100, but right. yes, okay. all the way back. 
and you know, in one sitting, I can do uh, 80 push-ups. Damn. So that's what I do. That's what I have to hand on. I agree with you in terms of the routine. Then my routine, it keeps going throughout the day. And I do not like, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like my routine getting fucked up at all. I, and things do happen during my work day that kind of mess it up. But generally speaking, I've got some systems in place, and those systems are in place so that I can be as efficient and take care of as many things as can be taken care of, and my team can take care of. So I don't, you know, one of the things that I'm working with with my wife a little bit about is she's used to being a solo. She's used to being a solo person that's doing it whenever it's whatever set up for her. She doesn't know how many steps I've thought out certain things. So sometimes when I tell her, like, hey, it's got to be here and it's got to be there. And it's got to be double checked over there. She thinks that I'm just randomly saying that. And then later I go through all the process. Sometimes I don't even have time to explain why I'm doing it that way. But just trust me, I've already thought this through. So, 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 so sometimes she'll be like, I, well, why can't I just do that? I'm like, why are you even asking me a question? We got to move. And it's this, that, and the other. So as a result, that whole setup, um, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to, but I am. Yeah, I hear that buzzing. You hear that buzzing, Sean? Okay. I am trying to get my routines set up in such a way so that I can perform as many decision points as possible throughout my day because I'm trying to, I'm going to accomplish a lot. And it's going to actually get executed. Got you. So... Um, to me, routine is, is that, and my only quiet times for myself are early morning and then, um, towards the eat like night, maybe eight thirty, eight to eight thirty. And you know, what's crazy is before I used to have so, I mean, do you ever, Steve, look back on all the time you fucked off? Do you ever yeah. look back on your life and just go like, what the yeah. fuck? It's part of, it's part of my, uh. My uh, sorrow or whatever the fuck, yeah, regret, the bag of shit, the you carry I carry, bag of shit you carry around, yeah, it's part of it, of yeah. course, of course. And and, and I and, and look at me, dude. You know me. I did a lot of, I fucked a lot of shit off, right? A lot of time. Sean, what about you? Do you look back at your twenties and go, "What the fuck was I doing?" Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean, I, I I can't even believe how much time I had before I had a kid. Right. Uh, you know, I just had all this like luxury time. You know, what's and interesting is I had, there's a, there's a, cause I manage a place and yeah. And there's a kid in there that's 19, right? Has everything at his disposal. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and he's just, you know, whatever he, there's different things. And, and he sees me coming, going and he's like yesterday morning, He's like, how the hell do you stay so fucking motivated like that, you know? And I'm thinking, this is a 19-year-old dude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This guy's got... I remember what kind of energy I had at 19. Right. Fuck, man. And I remember I said something... And and you want to know something about it? I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. I just answered back with something. Yeah. And you know what I told him? What'd you say? Because I don't like being broke. Right. And what did he say? He kind of like nodded his head and right, but he doesn't know about being broke. 
He don't know about being broke. He ain't gonna know about being broke. Because he doesn't know about being broke, you're saying that that might have sapped his motivation. Like, what's he running for? I, I just, yeah, but it was, um, like, uh, uh, you don't just get motivated. There's something that motivates you. You have to and, feel motivated. Right. Yeah. You can't get somebody, mo- like, that thing's gotta come. And, and afterwards, I just thought about it and was like, I guess maybe that's maybe a, I don't know if that answer was the right thing to throw at him or tell him. I mean, we've talked more and I'm passionate about what I do. So I love doing what I do, but you know, there's a big piece of the, the, the big piece of motivation is for me is if you've come from nothing, you've come from very little, I should say monetarily. Yeah. And you've had to like, you know, you've been where there wasn't fucking food. You've been where fucking maybe some shit got shut off for fucking, you know, a, f- a few weeks until it can get paid. You know, like you've had to use dose, dope, uh, uh, dish soap for laundry soap. Right. These types of things, you know, right. that give you a, a, uh, a either a fear or a concern or, you, you know, you don't want that. And I don't want to experience that anymore. And I don't want that. And, I don't, and all these things. So my I, a big part of my drive is because I don't want to ever, I don't want to be in that. I don't want to subject my kids to that. I want to do better than that. I want to be able to provide better than that. I don't want to have to experience that. So <clears throat> this, if you don't have that and it's just offered up to you and there's an abundance and it ain't going nowhere and you don't really have to do anything, I don't know... I don't know really, Chumahan, if there's, of course there's people with money that are motivated by other things, but you better find something to get passionate about. Like, how do you get motivated? Yeah, I agree with you that one of the, one key motivating factors, you don't have shit. You ain't got no shit, and bitches don't <clears throat> give a shit about you, or guys don't give a shit about you, and you're just a fucking, you know, kind of like a mediocre asswipe, not really setting the world on fire, not the worst. But, you know, <clears throat> and so a lot of people get a taste of that and they're like, fuck it. I'm going all out. I'm going to either make it happen or die on the way there. But there's also a lot of people who are broke who are also just not really motivated. I see a lot of unmotivated broke motherfuckers, too, where I'm like, why aren't you fucking shoe grinding? You don't you don't even have anything to be like relaxed about. Like your 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 family's still struggling and you're like relaxed. I don't get that. I don't understand that. Is is like the the worst curse on earth is to be just okay, like never hit a bottom, never get, never take a chance, never hit a bottom. Well, not even not even that. Just just be just be not comfortable enough where you're not super uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. And then you never realize uh, you never kick it into high gear out of necessity because like right. you just never hit that that true bottom. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm asking you? Is that the worst thing in, in the world? I guess so. Yeah. No, I mean, what do you think's worse than that? Uh, probably hitting a bottom and never getting out of it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you raise a good point. The, the issue for me on that, really, if you really want to get down to it, is that uh, that's control. That is control. What you just described, which is I'm comfortable enough not to get freaked out and do something different. But I'm also not, um, I'm not, so therefore I'm just going to do the bare minimum, right? Mm-hmm. Or or even 
one up from the bare minimum. So I can look at bare minimum motherfuckers and be like, yeah, at least I'm not that. But you're not really that great, right? Right. I think that that's social control. I think that that's social control. And I think that is a culture that's been cultivated in the United States, I want to say, at least from the 50s. And I would say that in the 1950s, 40s, for the people who had money, because I'm not talking about Latinos, I'm not talking about African Americans, I'm not talking about women and American Indians. They didn't have shit. They had something else. Okay. When we're talking about mainstream. When you say mainstream, it's kind of code word for white in the 1950s, so that's what we're talking about. But I'm saying that at that time, being comfortable got <clears throat> you a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. So being mediocre in the 1950s got you a car, a house, a fucking thing. You actually had a lot when you were mediocre in the 50s. That's true. You know, you know, for every Don Draper or like fucking guy who took Coca-Cola to the next level, there was a bazillion people that weren't doing shit that got a house and a nice car and a family and pension and a two week vacation. Two week vacation, like manufacturing and, jobs. Pay, you know, you could ride that out for, you know, forty years. Right, and you're mediocre. Right, you're not setting the world on fire. You just been there a long time. Mm. It was called seniority. Mm. Right, and you made money <clears throat> on it. And I'm not necessarily like against it. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is, is that they've slowly pulled those things away. You know, at what point? Do you keep accepting less and less and less and you realize, oh shit, I have had a loss? At what point do you accept less and less over, at what point does the little bit that keeps trickling out, at what point do you hit the tipping point where you can in your mind grasp, I've had a loss, I've lost something? Right, that is different for everybody, but yeah. As a society, Okay. Right? As a name so you look at it and you're like, Oh man, you know, okay, so the the pensions got a little smaller. The the, the, the pays got a little less. Little now here we are in twenty twenty with the pandemic in full effect and people are crowing about fifteen bucks an hour being a minimum wage. Mm-hmm. If you can get a job. If you can get a job. A job. Seriously. So I think about all of that and I'm like, so how do you motivate somebody? Right? How do you motivate? How do you motivate? How do you lead? How do you fucking lead? How do you motivate? Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, man. And a lot of people, oh, how, how does this happen? Or how do you, how, how, how? And I want to just say this right now. I wouldn't try and outwork a motherfucker like you, Chumahan. Mm. And I wouldn't try and outwork a Paul Rossi. I'm right. not going to try and outwork, okay? You guys are, because you guys are my partners, but also the reason you guys are my partners is because you guys are gems. Most people are not like that. Right. Okay? What I will do is I, we, I know most people are extremely lazy. I already know this. Most people <laughs> don't want to work. Uh. They just don't want to be bothered with having to do anything, man. Right. <laughs> but knowing this, I go into situations kind of sizing up people and I'm like, I, I'll outwork I'll outwork everybody in this room. Right. I'll, I may, you may be know this better, you may do that better, but I'll outwork you. Right. Right? Right. <laughs> and I say that to say that like there, there's just, I hear all this complaining, bro, 
about how this isn't and you can't and whoa and whatever from these people. But they're like, they're like spending more time playing PSP and other shit than they are doing. Like, I really want to, if, if you can't get off the couch, I don't want to hear you complain about how hard it is. Right. I think very, very few people get up and chase shit down every single day. I think mm-hmm. they do that for short spurts of time, and they want to talk a whole bunch about it, how they mm-hmm. failed That's at it, true. how it, it, that that industry or that thing is fucked up because I did that because they did it for fucking six months, right? Six or months. eighteen, right? And now they're going to go and tell everybody that's a whole fucked up thing, you know. But very rarely do I see um, guys sticking with it or sticking to something, and. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, man. so so I'm at the place where now I'm 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 good on me to an extent. I'm not perfect. I'm on a journey. Uh-huh. And I'm increasing my productivity more and more all the time. And it's not just me. But now I'm at the place of like, how do I motivate those around me? What am I doing to motivate those around me? Right? That's my question now because if I can motivate Let's just say the people in my office. Mm-hmm. If I can, if I can motivate them beyond just a paycheck, right? Then, then, then I will be more productive. No, you're absolutely right. Here's my question with the motivation. Do it. Tell me if I'm wrong or Go not. Go ahead. For some reason, have you suffered? Okay, but have you suffered in? Okay, let me. I'm put it in terms that maybe you can understand because I believe there's a lot of people going through this on a daily basis. Go ahead. Where you knew you were supposed to do two or three things in a day. Yeah. And they weren't really all that difficult. Yeah. But you couldn't get yourself off the couch for sure for watching TV or you're doing everything you can except those things you're supposed to. Yeah. But you can find time to do all sorts of fucking six hours on TV and watching porn. Or what Dude, the you're talking I'm... about a few, an entire decade of my life. Okay. And you know how painful that is? Yep. Because the whole time in your heart, you know what the fuck you're supposed to be doing, right? You know what you gave your word on. You know what you said you're going to do. You know what you think you do. You even know what to do to make you feel better. But you can't bring yourself to do it. Right. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of listeners right now listening to what I'm saying, and it's going on every day. Yes. They're stuck in that same yes. job. They won't start that little company. Yes. They won't do that. Yes. And they're just watching, t- and they're watching Instagram, and they're, they're spending hours, and they're just losing it. And years are passing by, and they still haven't made a move. Yeah. Talk to those people, Chumon. Talk to those people, man. Because what, what I will say is this. <clears throat> I, I was there. Yes. I have been there. Yes. And if you want to talk about human life and the realities of human life, I don't know if you ever perfectly get out of there perfectly, mm-hmm. okay? But it's like a it's like a sliding scale that it keeps getting smaller and smaller. That pain and your ability to respond and react and get yourself off the couch or off of procrastination it gets smaller and smaller the more you exercise the muscle. Does anyone ever get totally perfect? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's not the key. The key is, are you better today than you were yesterday, yesterday. right? <clears throat> so I've spent decades in that situation, and some of the insights that I, I have come to understand from my own experience, and I'm just speaking for me, is that, number one, 
It is definitely procrastination is a type of self abuse. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's definitely a way of hurting or harming yourself. Mm-hmm. Because just as you were laying that out, you were saying like, you know what would make you feel better, but you don't do it. Can't even do that. So that's a type of self harm. In a weird way, it's like cutting yourself. I mean, it really is. I'm not trying to compare the two to make say one's worse than the other and all that other shit. All I'm saying is, is that that's an internal cutting of yourself, of your self-esteem and self-respect, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to chase down to a certain extent. Where did that come from? Why do does somebody have to feel like a piece of shit? Because the only way that that's happening is because you are somehow committed to feeling like shit. And when some of the things get pulled away that make that used to make you feel like shit, you get your weight under control, you um, maybe get your finances a little more stabilized. You start, yeah, start eating better. Start eating better. There's another, there's a demon inside of you that comes from somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Where this demon says, well, I'm not going to let you feel completely good about yourself. Mm. It's not going to happen on my watch. Mm. You're not doing drugs anymore. Fuck it. Then you're gonna procrastinate, mm. so that you have that 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 smog, that interior smog, that heavy pollution that still doesn't make it safe to breathe inside of yourself. I really think it's that, and you can't. And this is the part that I think most people really don't want to wrap their heads around, or they don't want to. Do. I think part of it is habitual learning from family. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I think about this all the time because of my daughter. My daughter copies all the shit that we do, and I don't just mean like stuff that we're pointing at and making her. Go. I'm talking about stuff you don't think about that she's doing. Right? For instance, for the last since she's been able to make noise, whenever she wants something, right, she goes, huh, huh, huh. she'll point at something, and go, huh, huh. or she'll go, huh. or she'll hand you something she doesn't want to hold anymore. She'll. Go, huh. And it took me a while to figure out, where the fuck did she get that? I think it's cute because I'm her dad, but I'm like, where the fuck did she get this? (laughs) (laughs) And I realized it came from me because every time I'm hanging out with her, I'm like, like, here, 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 take this, here. Because when I grew up, I grew up on the reservation and you had some like tough Indian dudes. They weren't mean, but they'd be like, here, here, take this, go over there, here, 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 all the time. Hit me like kind of nice on the head, like not hard, but like, here, hand you. Like if it was lunchtime, here, right? So I do that with my daughter. I smack her in the head. No, <laughs> but I, I do. I go here, 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 here all the fucking time, and she's here on the head, head, never in the face, <laughs> only on the back of the head. Okay. But the thing is, is like, so if the, if if she's imprinting on that, she doesn't even know the meaning of it, really. Like she doesn't understood the meaning of here, 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 here. She's just seeing me do something. Mm-hmm. So if your parent came home all the time and drank wine and walked around with the, just like you were saying, like with the attitude of like, well, I did the fuck I had to do. I can just switch off. Mm-hmm. That shit's going in you mm-hmm. as a kid. Right. That's going in you. You're not even evaluating. Is that positive? And so when you get to that place or if you see your parents acting like they feel like shit about themselves. And I think. You know, a kid is, to me, a child up to this point now is kind of an open mind sponge, right? It's like just trying to take in the information and they see mom or dad 
acting like they hate themselves in a lot of different ways. Hmm. Overeating, procrastinating, blaming, talking shit about the people they just hung out with, uh-huh. all that stuff. I think that gets in the kid without without the kid even knowing it. So yep, that I agree too. So that by the time, you know, they're on the couch in an expensive sober living trying to figure out why I can't find what I'm passionate about, it's probably mm. because you were raised in a system where, you know, nobody was nobody wanted to find their passion. Mm. People sold out. Mm-hmm. They're like, fuck it, sold out. You know, I, w- I have a neighbor when I walk with the with the with Tigra. There's a neighbor lady that's got a kid, same age, right? Sometimes we see each other. And she's, oh, oh, she might be listening to this. Never mind. Well, fuck it. Shout out to the neighbor. No, no. If she does listen to this, that's fine. I, I don't mean this in a derogatory way necessarily, but one of the things she says is, I sold my soul to corporate America. She says it to me, like, just maybe like the fourth or fifth time I've heard her say that, which I'm sure from her consciousness, she's like, that's a throwaway joke. Mm-hmm. But it's revelatory. There's a revelation there. There's something there. And she's trying to tell me it in an offhand way. Uh. Right? And I don't... And so I go to... I think to myself, like, um, you know, how is that... That... Those words... Or how does that manifest? And where did she get that? Where did this neighbor get that? So I, that's what I think. So when you're trying to get motivated... The first thing is, is to be honest with yourself that you're not. That's number one. Mm. I know a lot of unmotivated motherfuckers listening to motivation. And they listen to these things and they're like, I love it. I love it. Yeah, but what did you do? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, well, first get honest about that. Second, don't take it super guilt moral. It may very well be leftover habit shit that you picked up from some other culture, some other situation. And if it's a moral guilt thing, right, that's not helping you. That's making you feel like a piece of shit again, right? It doesn't mean to stay there, but it means, like, don't get distracted by how bad it makes you feel. Don't, don't get, that's a distraction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, right, educate yourself up to a point by whomever you really look up to. And, and if you see somebody, you're like, man, I could never be like that. That's who, you need to fi- that's who you need to find out what they do. You need to find out, number one, that they weren't always like that. Mm-hmm. So you can get some hope mm-hmm. that like, you can grow. Mm-hmm. You need to not think about how much works ahead of you at all. Mm-hmm. That'll kill you. You need to get out of the thinking that this next step is going to make or break me. I am either going to cash in on this next one or it's going to come up bup kiss and I'm fucked for life. All that catastrophic projection Mm -hmm. bullshit, got to get rid of that. That's not real. That's not real. Dude, if you win... That's like games, a big, big uh, game of chance. Right. Yeah, it's bullshit. That's so true. Yeah. If you think that... That you have no control. You're a victim. You're a victim. And that type of thinking is designed to give you an excuse to quit. That's right. Mm. That's right. Exactly. Right? So either you quit because you won, right? You won it all in a big cash bonanza, so now you can quit. Or you lost it all, and so why give a fuck anymore? It's either I've won. So that type of thinking's also got to go out the window. Yes. You can't get motivated based on that. You'll get motivated for a short burst. Yeah, I agree. Right. 
So all of those things. And then also, there's a limit to education. There's a limit to education. And, I, and it's me saying this. And that is this. You cannot... It doesn't matter what the fuck you know if you're not able to put it into practice. And I'm around a lot of people who think they're educated. And a lot of people, you know, they listen to the show and they talk to me or they meet me in the lawyer life or the other life. And I deal with a lot of pseudo-intellectuals all day. Pseudo. Like fucking false front and fucking intellectual motherfuckers. That would have a hey. They would love to talk to certain individuals because it's already clear that they know more than the other person. They, oh, couldn't even wait. They're the type of people that enjoy telling a third grader that they know more than a third grader. (laughs) Like shooting fish in a barrel, right? Pseudo intellectuals who haven't put any of it into practice. Mm. That'll kill you. That'll Mm. straight kill you. That's putting back. That's. That's spreading bad information. For real. That's like opinions. For real. Huh? That's like trying to educate people with your opinion. For real. It's bad news. So all of those things, if you're listening to this and you're like, there's something more I want to do, I don't care what level that you're at, either the lowest or the highest, you can always improve. You can always get better. You can't always. It's never too late. Never fucking too late. I don't give a shit. If you're a 99-year-old alcoholic, you can. It's never too late. That's right. I'm serious about it. I'm not even just saying that as a holy roller bullshit. I'm saying that as a fucking for real. It's never too late. Tell that to... How many actors do you know were like 50 when they finally hit it and they've won Oscars? Morgan Freeman, perfect example. I just heard something today about... I don't watch baseball. But I know that the Dodgers are playing, what, Tampa Bay or something. And uh, they were talking about the pitcher uh, for Tampa Bay, some left-hander guy. And they were saying he was a baller who who never got drafted, and he went to, like, the minor leagues or whatever. And he didn't hit, he didn't hit uh, a pro league until he was, like, 30 years old or something. Right. So he just stayed in there. He almost gave up. He was oh, living with his mom or whatever. Oh. And then finally he got the shot. And oh. then sure enough, now he's in the fucking World Series or whatever. How many times do you think somebody told him, like, dude, if it was going to happen, it would have happened. Bro, yeah. Right? Who's the real rich white guy? Musk? No. White. Bezos? No. The uh, Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett. Yeah. They say that he made 90 percent of his of his empire of wealth yeah after he was 50 damn i mean i believe it that's crazy bro but see there's a lot Mm. to there's a lot to well here's another thing it's a lot to become a master that's a lot if you really want to be a master one of the things i think that like currently we suffer from more than anything else is that we've really lost a certain amount of perspective about time. Like we think you can become a master at something, you know, in a year, like you dedicate a year to it, you're going to come out of there and you're going to be a fucking master. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that to be a real true blue master, you, it's going to take at least 10 years probably of experience and learning to like come away from it. And then when that happens, when you become a master, the workload gets so much easier because now you really are clear on, what has to get done and what's bullshit. 
And you can size up your enemy so much easier because you're like, you know what? This guy doesn't know what he's doing. So I'm not even going to argue with that person because they're clearly backwards. Mm-hmm. Mastery is the key to success, but mastery requires you to go past those pain barriers, the same ones that are in lifting weights, pain mm-hmm. barriers of losing, pain barriers of being embarrassed because everyone saw you didn't know what you were doing. You got to keep going, keep going, and keep going, and keep going. And then at some point, you really understand the game. There's too many people playing Monopoly haven't even read the rules, and they can't figure out why they keep losing. Mm-hmm. They'll get 200 bucks every time they pass go, mm-hmm. but they can't make that 200 bucks into a hotel on Boardwalk. They haven't read the rules. They just think if their car's moving around the board, something's happening. That's that idea that people think that just because you're in motion, you're getting shit done. That's so true. <coughs> Busy versus effective. Right. This is why you get like some, you know, dudes that they don't do that much. But what they do do mm-hmm. makes shit happen. But you can't get to that space until you realize all the shit that doesn't make anything happen. Because mm-hmm. you tried it. You tried, you tried it and it didn't, nothing happened. You're not going to waste your time with that anymore. Hmm. But um, uh, anyway, that was that's what I have for like motivation. That's I, just a piece. I do want to say well, something motivation. before we close that. Yeah. Because um, you asked me a question a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, what did I ask you? You asked me something about what one of the, it was one of the questions, but you asked me something about uh, what determines how you feel. Something about how you feel about yourself. What what's like the leading factor about how you feel? Yeah. About what's the determining factor in how you feel? Yeah. And, and I hadn't really thought about it. And then I what I wrote down was um, how I feel about my commitments is how I feel about myself. Right. Right. And if I'm not if I'm not fulfilling my commitments that I make to myself, mm. then I feel like shit. Yeah. In, internally. <sighs> Well, I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. what Steve was saying. Yeah, yeah and that's what, it was kind of awakening, like just answering that that question. It's like if I can if I can master the small shit and feel good about what I'm what I'm doing right now, then yeah. I can I can kind of progress and and tackle the big shit. I think that that I think that goes hand in hand with with what I feel about my, like how I look, I've said to people before, like if you don't really like yourself, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a big problem, right? Because you're stuck with yourself, right? You can't run from yourself. You can't. And so when you're talking about those commitments, you're like one of the only persons that knows all of them inside and out. Right. You know what you're giving and you know what you're doing. Right. Right. Like nobody else. Like I got this thing. So if I ain't coming clean or to terms with that, you know, there may be something underlining even that. And that's like, you know, I don't like the guy in the mirror. I don't like him. I don't believe him. I don't want to spend time with him. Like, and and I've had those types of feelings about myself in my life. I have too. Right. And, that's a real that creates and it's going to create a real problem, bro. Mm-hmm. The sooner that you start to be okay with this guy that you can't run from, that every time you close your eyes or when you wake up, he's there. When you go sleep, he's there. Like this right. dude ain't mo, bro. You better learn to to get in unison or at least care about yourself, you know. And I, that's right. 
probably at the baseline been the the work for me. It's like it's starting there, and then the other things only fit on top of that. If that thing's shaky, if that thing's not there, you could do every assignment, all the steps, all this, this shit don't matter. Right. It's like, what are you lying to yourself about? Get that out of the way. Right. There it is there. And then. You know, I don't. And while you guys are talking about that, I agree. But some of it is an initial step thing where you're like, okay, I got to get right with myself. Right. Mm -hmm. But also some of it is a long term. Like in order to get to love yourself. You have to do things that are lovable yourself, right? Yeah, but you also have to see yourself stick with something for a long time. That's true. That's true. And you can, you can, you can be like, because no matter how much you look in the mirror and say, "I love you," I love you. And there might be some people that are listening that might have been like me, where you hear someone say that and it yeah, gives like, you a uh, fucking cringe feeling. Right. Like I ain't gonna look in the mirror and say I love uh, you. Right? You can do that, and that helps a little bit. And then you can even be like, man, I heard Steve in Old Blue Eyes, and they were saying you got to get right and love yourself, be, otherwise everything else is going to fall apart. And that's true. It's not, not, I'm not saying it's not true. Yeah, but I'm going to do that. Then you do some initial work and find out, like, oh, my dad called me a small dick motherfucker, and that fucked me up. And then, then uh, you can do that. But there's, even a, there's levels to appreciating who you are in a real sense. And those levels sometimes come maybe seven years down the road because you saw yourself still doing X, Y, Z. Or 50 years down the road. Or 50 years down yep. the road. Yes, absolutely. You know, I feel like, you know, Old Blue Eyes, I, my, I feel like Old Blue Eyes still hasn't come to terms with how much damage, um, and, and it's not to say it's the only thing that, 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 his, that his father is obviously an important person, but I don't know that Old Blue Eyes has fully come to terms with how his how he felt about himself by what his parents did and how much that impacted what he would consider to be the baseline of existence. Like, it's normal for me to be questioning my commitments and feeling badly about procrastinating, or it was normal, that I'm used to that feeling. Yeah. I don't know that you've come completely to terms with how you got there. Hmm. I would even say that your memory problems... That you, you, I've never heard, and I've talked to a lot of different people. I've never heard sh somebody fully confess to memory problems so readily as Sean. That's true. And so when I listen to that and I think about all that, I think there's, a there's another block there. Not that there's something mysterious behind it. Like, I don't think, like, you know, I'm going to get you into hypnosis and then we'll uncover that you were molested by Santa Claus. You know, I don't, I don't think that. But I definitely think there's something, there's a block to you being really an honest assessment of just how badly you were, you were taught how badly to feel about who you were. You got a blood clot in front of your memory duct. Yeah, on your duct. I don't, you know what? I think that, uh, I definitely think that my attention to, to detail um, has clouded my memory. And I think that, like, Nowadays, uh, like there's definitely a period of time where my my memory was really bad just because I just wasn't paying attention to the certain things that I needed to pay attention to, I mm -hmm. guess. And that uh, now I think I'm in a, a better memory state, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. All of a sudden. 
No, like but a, no, like, but it's like waking up to things. You know what I mean? Like for sure. Like, but what I'm saying to you is, I think it's a defense mechanism that you weren't paying attention. Oh yeah, probably. Meaning, meaning that you were not paying attention to how people were treating you and how you felt about it. You were in denial of your own misery. Oh, poor Sean. Sean, that's uh, that sounds so. That sounds I was horrific. In denial of my own misery. Okay. For real. All right. For real, for real. And we're trying to pull you out of that denial. No, right I'm now. saying this because I think that's true for a lot of people in their procrastination. Mm. I think that a lot of people procrastinate because they're accustomed to feeling miserable, but they've been in denial about their misery that they don't really realize that that's not normal. Mm. That 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 in in an, in like in a normal sense, you know, in the wilds, let's say, uh, no human would really procrastinate. Yeah, but do you think I procrastinate? Yes, not as like as bad as you used to. Right. But answer yes. Right. I don't think they. Um. Uh, yeah, I do. I think you procrastinate on certain things for sure. Like what? Well, since we're having this conversation, I think you procrastinate on. Your personal development. Yeah. Okay. I you oh, do. Oh, you haven't been going to the fucking A A M A thing. No, 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 no. He no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. See, Sean's a clever motherfucker. That's the thing you got to understand about Sean. Sean's clever because he puts in a lot of work and he reads a lot of books, right? But there's certain areas that you don't drill into with the same gusto yeah. that you're. Maybe I think maybe it's just not. And then, and again, it might be, uh, you know, sort of the blind spot. Maybe I'm turning a blind eye to something. You for sure are. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm the one telling you this. Right. I'm very Selective clear on Selective seeing? Selective I mean, vision. maybe, but I'm, if I, for some reason, I don't know, maybe I need a wake-up call. Because I... I, I Lefty one <laughs> wake-up call coming Lef- up. Lefke's writing a thing called the, the wake, wake up, up call. call. Dude, right, that might be for you. <laughs> Maybe I need like a boot camp. Like hey, a, tell you know what? Tell Lefke to come in here with the. We'll talk about wake camp. up call. All he call wants. Call Lefke's punk ass on the phone. Yeah. Uh, no, but anyway, the point is though. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Dude, you know how much you underrate your talent, Sean? See, yeah. how much does it does does Sean underrate his musical talent? It all the ways down. He does. He's so talented, and he's so beyond humble. He doesn't even. Right. It's not a humble act. It's like a. No. He doesn't even recognize it in yeah. his own eyes. Yeah. That's and that's the truth. That that to me is a massive signal to me where it's like this guy's so self perceptions way the fuck off. He's calling it humble or. Well, uh, it's like how can. Go ahead. What? Is humbleness a lie or what? Like, yeah, it can be. Absolutely. It can be. All right. For sure it's a lie. Humble means right-sized. It doesn't mean less than what you really are. That's not what it means. And like again, that falls into the same pattern as somebody making you feel less than what you really are. Uh, and then a guy yeah. like you might label that humble and reenact that on a daily basis in the sense of I'm just humble. But you're really just kind of like not really your actual right size amongst the rest of the people. 
that's funny you say that because I I did an exercise with someone and he was like you need to take up more space I want you to to take up more space and like practice this and I was like what the fuck are you talking about like yeah. he's like no like take up more space like you're not you're you're playing small yes and he's like you need to be out, like stretch out like and take up more space and I was like this guy's fucking nuts and what you're saying is I need to claim more space or take... I think the right thing is... The better way or the more skillful way to put it is not take up more space. But claim more space. No. What? No. Yeah. that's when, when I say that, it's not claim more space. The focus there is on space. I'm saying your actual size. Hmm. Your actual size, which implies that you're going to get bigger or see yourself as bigger, which means something about more space. But it's not that. It's you getting a full, true assessment of your skills and talents. Maybe the reason why you have a hard time asking for fucking money is because you undersell yourself. Is that true? That's true. Okay. All right. That's true. So, So if you're underselling yourself, right? Yeah. That means that you're not able to fully trust your actual power your actual skill set right when we've done music things in here right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the the h2k theme song right mm-hmm. yeah amazing okay amazing what did steve say to you in the text in relation to the h2k theme song he said uh, that it was good and that uh, I need to do more music. Yep. Right. He needs to do more music. He needs to do more of that. Right. So do you understand that even setting yourself up as like a quote-unquote sound engineer guy, which is, it's important. It's part of music. Right. Right. You're recording it and getting the sound all right. Yeah. But do you see how that's not quite the same thing as somebody that's like, you need to do more music. Yeah. I'm saying that that's all there, bro. And since we just talked about it, do you want? Can you sample? Can we ha- hear a sample yeah, of this yeah. of this theme? Of the theme song. Maybe I can do it. Right. It's on the shared drive. The four, number four. Here. Yeah, right. version four. Do you have it? Uh, I can pull it right now. Um, let's let's hear this. So if everybody's still listening right now after this jam session into <laughs> Sean's world, which I, to me is fascinating, I don't know. But um, uh, Sean worked on putting together the theme song for Hard to Kill. And uh, we got deep into it. And uh, we want to play this. It's not, it's not finished. Well, first, Steve. Yes. I mean, do we have your approval to play this? Absolutely. All right. You do. Okay. So, and it's called Quiet on the Set. Why did you pick that? I have no idea. I, a, I, you you got to understand, when I do, when I name my songs, they're named like odd, weird shit. Like, Oddball shit. Doesn't make any sense. Like Ghost Doorknob or, yeah. you know, fucking. Ghost Doorknob. Shit, just weird shit. You know what, dude? When I saw Quiet on the Set, I was like, oh, that's genius because no one's set tripping anymore. Right? These guys got 
the the premise of the show is one that involves sex. Right, 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 right. So I was like, yeah, quiet on the set, man. Now I find out, didn't me. Yeah, go yeah, with yeah, what yeah, I yeah. said. All right, here we go. Let's see. Let's see if this is. This is the theme song. Hard to kill. Look at Steve's face. is dope right? that's dope bro you know what's crazy is when we first started talking about hard to kill it was like i don't know how to explain it but it seemed like it wasn't we didn't talk about any kind of um not sad but sort of intimate or like somewhat maybe sad elements to the to the stories but when you think about what goes on in these shows and what happens underneath the laughter, underneath the action, underneath the chances, underneath the everything, there is something sad about it a little bit. Absolutely, because there's something about a, a viewing or experiencing something retro, retro. I don't know the right word. Like reflecting, or yeah, like a- after all of it. Right. But at the time that it was happening, it wasn't seen like that. Right. Reflecting right. back on. Yeah, kind of. So uh, you're absolutely right. With that music, there is that music opens the door to allow credence to that type of feeling or that type of like there's a back to it that never goes away. Right. Know? Right. Like what we're dealing with here is like, you know, I don't know, but I get what you're saying because you can feel it in the music. You know, it's funny you say that I was editing some, you know, we did a, a long shoot and recorded a lot of Lepke and mm-hmm. and did the, the whole street thing and following him around and recording what he was saying. And there's a part where, you know, and you know, Lepke, he's going on this dropping history and this and mm-hmm. that about, you know, doing drugs and this and that. But there's this one moment where you hear him like choke up a little bit, mm. like just for a second. And uh, when I heard that, I was like, damn, I don't, I didn't even rem- really remembered that part. I, di- I didn't remember him choking up. But when he was talking about, you know, he could have lost his life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he chokes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's, 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 I think you're right, man, because it goes right into, into Lepke had like kind of a, even though there's more for him to learn and he goes through a bunch of hijinks, there's a moment in his story mm-hmm. where, number one, he cries, mm-hmm. right? And there's something, too, being shot that I think you even talked about a little bit, Steve, too, which is there is an emotional element to being shot. Like, no matter how tough you are and no matter you had it coming or you didn't have it coming, there's a trauma associated with being shot that's going to cause you some sadness or break open your tough guy exterior 
Same way like a heart attack. You ever hear about those guys? After all, the day, all the time. They have a heart attack, and all of a sudden, they can't stop crying. Right? So in this one, and then you also hear, like, Lepke's sort of self-talk. You know, like, you're better than this. Right. Remember that? Yeah. You're better. Come on, man. You're better than this. Why can't you? Why can't you? Yeah. Why can't you? You're just, you're going to die behind the dope? You're going like, to die behind the dope? You're better. You weren't raised like this. Yeah. You got people who love you. You know, he had that talk. It's a little bit like what people say to themselves when they're procrastinating and stuck, where they're huh. like, you're mm. better than this. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. Hopefully so they ain't got to get shot five times to get up off the couch and do something. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to help them with. Right. I know, but it's so that's then we come back full circle to the question of how do you motivate someone? One of the core concepts for me in motivating people is asking them, what is it that you really think the world needs? It's a long road. It's a long road. But like, what is it in the world if money was no object? that you think the world needs and you can make it happen, what would it be? And sometimes people will say more compassion or they'll say this, that. Whatever it is that they say, that's what they truly, that's what somewhere in their childhood that was crushed in them. Mm. And as a result, they think it's a worldwide problem and it probably is, right? But they, they're no longer able to reach inside and, that, and when I'm questioning them, they're no longer able to reach inside and pull that out because they've it's been crushed by either school, parents, somebody, something bigger and stronger than them crushed that in them when they were just so sweet and tender. They were like, they didn't know the world was evil and it was crushed and that is gone. So then it turns into something they think the world needs more of. People are evil. People are assholes, whatever it is they say. You can go into there and say, so if you lived your entire life and then you died, but you moved the needle just like half a degree in the direction of more love for each other, that's that was your legacy. Would it be worth suffering and pain for you to make? The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Make that, to do that. And they'll say yes. Now, that doesn't unlock it forever. You have to remind. The other thing is, is people slip back into old habits. So you've got to constantly remind. But one of them is, what is something you fucking believe in? And it can't, you don't get to choose. You don't get to choose. You want to choose. I want to choose. I want to choose what I believe in. Like, I want to pick it. Like, I will pick my fucking characteristic attributes when I'm trying to play fucking Dungeons and Dragons. Am I going to be a wizard or a fucking warrior? I want to pick it, but you can't on that. You can't. You only believe in your heart what's in it, and that comes from what happened to you and how you responded to it at a time when you were powerless. You don't get to pick that. The hardest part is to get... You can pick how you respond to it. You can pick how you use it to fuel you. <clears throat> you can pick how you use it to fucking push you. But you cannot pick what you believe in for real.
Just like you can't pick what you're attracted to. 100%. That's 100 fucking percent. Whatever cocktail you created that's your thing. Right. Is your thing. That's why I say that about my wife. Like, I know my wife's not everybody's cup of tea. I know that. I know there's a lot of guys. My cousin Tanny, for one, he met my wife. He's like, man, you got a cousin too? You got to be fucking tough to deal with. I mean, I can't. He won't even date Latin women because they're right, just too hard right, on him. Right, right, right. Right? Now, why do I need that? I don't know. Right. I, I don't even question it anymore. Right. Why question it now? I know I need that. Right. But, uh, so, did you guys, um, you guys want to hear what my cousin Tenny sounds like? Yeah. My cousin Tenny, you know, he's a fisherman in Alaska, fucking. I thought he was in Thailand or some shit. Well, whatever money he makes in Alaska, he goes to Thailand and just fucking blows them out. <laughs> Dude, he's told me stories where he stacked tie whores on top of each other like three at a time and just finger jabbed every single one up and down <laughs> like it's crazy these stories this guy tells that's a true that's true tie uh, hooker sandwich that's true that's cousin Tenny. Yeah. I think you gotta remove that out of the show bro. do I <laughs> why is that wrong is that it's true that might be the most visually upsetting thing you've said <laughs> out of all the shows ever I mean, I'm repeating what my cousin Tanny said. <laughs> they were happy to do it, dude. I don't want to start saying that shit now, dog. Come on, bro. Right? Now you just stuck your fucking whole foot in it. Is that true? <laughs> he said that they With were... all the sex trafficking and all this shit First that's of all, they were of right age. Now. They were of age. Oh, listen to him. <laughs> Is that wrong? He's like, he's like, there were a quarter piece. He got three of them made a sandwich. What the fuck, dude? These human beings. I mean, I don't know. We got cheerleaders Uh, jumping on top of each other. I don't know. Is that crazy? I think it's a little bit crazy. Is that crazy, Sean? What I just said? (laughs) Sean Kemp, pull yourself together, bro. No, seriously. Uh, was that crazy? Do, I mean, it's crazy, but <laughs> he was checking the fluids on all of them. He was. He did. He was doing a finger test on all of them. All right. Everybody we just passed. got done. How all you passed? That's somebody's Let daughter. Go. I mean, that's true. There's four daughters there. Three. There was three. Well, when you all right, three. I don't know. We just got done talking to Snowflake that's or whatever true. her name She's was. She's someone's daughter too. She's every prostitute hooker is someone's daughter, bro. That's true. Don't think I wasn't thinking about my daughter during those whole conversations. Ooh. Don't think. Thinking Ooh. about what do I got to say and do to make sure she never takes that path. Well, keep her away from pimps. Oh, she ain't, <laughs> <laughs> she ain't going anywhere near a pimp. I can tell you that. No. Okay. So here's my cousin Tenny, Thailand Tenny, but he makes his money on fishing boats. He's up. In Alaska, and he's in a boat, okay? How like, old is he? Now? Yeah. 55. Okay. Wow. Oh, he's still rolling, bro. Dude, when we visited him in Thailand, my wife and I visited him, right? In Thailand. We went to Thailand as part of our honeymoon, and he was there. Show us all around. He knows, you know, Mr. Beep Boop and, like, you know, Tim Tim and like, all these other people that he took <laughs> Tim, us all Tim. around. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, got the full Thai treatment, whatever. He has, in Thailand, he's got... You can go into, and he doesn't care. He's got, he's past the point of caring about whether he can still get his dick hard. He's, he's rolling with, what's the blue pill called? 
Viagra. 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 He's rolling with Viagra, which you can get in the pharmacy there. You don't need a prescription in Thailand. You can just go in and get the blue pill. And then they've got it in flavored jellies. So he's got a fanny pack that he walks around with. And he reaches into it, and he's got flavored jelly Viagra. What? Listen to this motherfucker. He's got a fanny pack full of Viagra, and he just cruises around motherfucking Thailand. And his fishermen buddies, I mean, you know, whenever they come to Thailand, they want to get hooked up with the fucking Viagra jelly. All these guys are aging alcoholics. So, mm. yeah, man, they are looking for the Viagra. Mm. Agent, oh, anyway. So, in, so now he's in Alaska. Right, and uh, he's uh, he's going and he's yelling, and then all of a sudden, a huge killer whale, like probably four feet from his little boat, jumps out, and you hear him scream, like yell. And let's see if we can hear it. This is right here in Kodiak. I'm gonna see if this whale come up right there. Holy shit! Scared the shit out of me. Whoa! Did you see that? Oh my god! Hold on. I just want to play this again. I don't know. Maybe you delete this later, but I fucking think it's hilarious. This is right here in Kodiak. I'm going to see if this whale come up right there. Holy shit. Scared the shit out of me. Whoa. Did you see that? Oh, my God. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> he's, he's like that all the time. Mm. Every time you're around, it's exhausting. That's a killer whale, by the way, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. a killer whale. This thing fucking leaps. Right out of the boat. And he's in Kodiak, Alaska. Wow. Think fucking lean. Anyway, um, I don't even remember why we were talking about that. We were talking about what your cousin Tenny sounds like. That's what he sounds like. God, that's you. You know what? I, there was some, old, like, when I was a kid, and I still to this day can't remember the title of this film, but it was a bad Free Willy? film, dude. No, man. And it was about all these Vikings that were. Up in Alaska and where where Orca's at. Yeah. And they were like hunting these whales and on these boats and used the whale like tarpoons and did all this stuff and it was but it was the story of these Vikings going and there was all these killer whales, you know, and they were like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember the name of this movie, but was there Vikings dealing with killer whales at some point in time? I would think so, yeah, because I don't think the killer whales are only, I don't know what their migration patterns are, but I don't think that they only go into Alaska. And these Vikings, some of them got as far as Greenland, you know, they, you know, they, there's that famous story about the Vikings in Vinland, what they call the Vinland, which eventually becomes Greenland, which is kind of touching the United States. So there's like a... They're definitely... And, and all those whaling peoples, you know, like they... You know, you got to remember, man, you're talking about like the back then. Like, we can't imagine it because we're so static and we're so stuck in houses and little indoor fucking things in streets and all this other stuff. We just can't imagine what it would mean to be on the open water for an extended period of time to the point where it got normal to you. Where it got normal to you. So, and then you're seeing whales and shit all around you. If you're in the water long enough, you're going to, I started reading this book on octopus, right? Just recently. And they were talking about the Pacific octopus, which is like the biggest motherfucking octopus in the world. And it, this thing can, each sucker on its fucking tentacles can hold up to 30 pounds. And it's got like 1600 like on each arm. Okay. 
And the thing gets to like, I don't know, you know, 30 feet long or something like that. Huge motherfuckers. And it was saying that these octa and in the correct plural is octopuses, not octopi, believe it or not. And they were saying uh, that the octopus is the fastest growing animal on the planet. Fastest growing? Growing. Ugh. Yeah. And if it goes from the size of a kernel of corn, rice, yeah, corn, rice, about that size, to as big as I just described in three years. Hmm. In three fucking years. In three motherfucking Maybe years. Maybe we need to start fucking getting some of them fucking. Injecting some octopus yeah. blood into our yes. neck. Fuck yeah. I totally would it's do for that. For stem cell. The other part about the octopus that's crazy is that the octopus is maybe in the top five intelligent animals in the world. Not to mention they're the coolest fucking looking animal on this planet. But think about that. It's in the top. It's smarter than a dog. An octopus could put will fucking whoop a dog's ass when it comes to smarts. Like dogs in the top twenty. Mm. Chimp. It beats a chimp. Wow. No in problem solving. But is it sharper than a dolphin? Oh yeah, sharper than a dolphin. Maybe it's not as smart as the crow, the raven. No, pigs like in fifteen. Pigs not even in these. We're talking. Gray parrot is the most intelligent animal in the world. It's not the crow. No, crows like three. Ravens and crow are three. I can't remember what number two is. I don't know. It's Animal Planet. So mix them all around, however you want. But the fucking octopus is so smart. That it can figure out how to get out of its, out of its aquarium and travel from aquarium to aquarium around the room and eat all the fucking snacks and then go back and close all the aquarium lids, and be back in its little aquarium when the scientists come in in the morning. To can't, it took them weeks to figure out what the fuck was going on because they couldn't. They would just see everything as normal and then all the food's gone and they'd be like, "Who the fuck's eating the food?" And it was going on for two weeks or three weeks and they put a camera inside the room and they saw giant octopus going taking his lid off and moving all the way around the fucking thing, eating all the shit, and then going back and closing the lids back on so that the scientists wouldn't be none the wiser. That's an octopus. And an octopus is mostly related to a fucking clam. It's a mollusk. And a, and a clam doesn't even have a brain. It's just got a nervous system. Hmm. So so the, 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 the octopus somehow, and you know, Think about this. When you think about intelligence in animals, the first thing, if you're anything like me, you're like, well, has it got a backbone or not? Because if it doesn't have a backbone and a natural and a fucking amygdala and a fucking uh, Corpus Christi and a fucking Banos de los Estados Unidos and the fucking frontal look, all that shit, if it doesn't have any of that, it can't be smart. That's what the intelligence, and we're at the tip. Because our frontal lobes are huge. Octopus is an invertebrate. It has no bones. All this guy has that fucking beak. <laughs> and that beak smart as fuck. Octopus have nine brains. Oh, whoa. Think about crazy. that. Think about fucking that. And its whole body can taste. What? Yeah. Its whole yeah. body is like a big old tongue? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It can taste everything. And they can fucking, you know, you've seen, I don't know if you've seen the fucking documentaries, but when they want to like shape shift or look like shit, they can like, they can curl up their flesh and look like coral right next to the coral and mimic mm-hmm. the color. Mm-hmm. And you can't see it. And then all of a sudden it just like blossoms out of that shit. So, you know, 
when you're in the water and you're dealing with animals and shit like that for a long time, yeah, man, Vikings, yes, bro. Think about what. Yes, brother. Think about what life was like then. Rastafari, brother. What I mean, what did you think? Do you think that that was really Bruce uh, um, at risks? Do you think that was Bob Marley's cousin for real? Uh, I think he was. Hey, you say Jamaica just like him. I copied him, Jamaica man. No, you said it even. I did because I just heard him say it. I'm good at mimicry. Jamaica. 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 He he said it so beautifully, bro. He did. Yeah. I love the way Jamaicans talk. Man. Yeah, bro. They are, they there's like cool nothing. Yeah. There's nothing better. Did you watch? The, did you watch the? De- Jamaica, bro. Did you watch the debates? No, I didn't because I had to take the house to an outside meeting, so I missed the debates. Sean, did you watch the debates? This last one, no. I saw a little bit of it uh, as I was walking, and then uh, I pulled it up on my phone, but then I turned it off. I watched it uh, after the fact, and uh, it was everything everybody said. I mean, you know, fucking Biden had some great one-liners. Mm-hmm. One of his best one-lines was, was Trump was trying to tell him, like, you know, your son got all this money from Russia. And Biden was like, dude, don't talk to me about corruption until you show all your fucking taxes. I saw that part. I'm like, dude. I'm like, and it came more clear this time about the fucking stutter. You got to see like, oh, he's clearly just got a stutter issue. He's not old and senile. He's he's just a lifelong stutterer. So he had a couple of fucking smashes like that. But the thing that's even crazier is I watched the Borat film. Oh, yeah. Now listen, bro. So I told you last night when you told me about it, I told you I was going to watch it. Yeah. And we got it online because we didn't have Prime. Yeah. So we went online, found it, and I watched it up until they were like, get, get, get the girl. We'll save your life if you can get the girl to Giuliani. Right. And I just, it was just like, it was getting so, to me, so stupid. They were trying so hard. Yeah. I just got bored. Yeah. And I ended up fucking shutting it down. I didn't watch it anymore. So now I was trying to watch it because you kept on talking about a Giuliani part. I was trying to make it to that. Well, this is what I'll say. I'll agree with you. I kind of feel like Borat, Borat, whatever, is good up to a point. Even the first one, you know, there was some outrageous stuff. But there is something to it where it's like, it's it's not that funny. But the part that was amazing was that the that, that lady that plays his daughter in the movie is his real-life daughter. Is it really? Yeah, that's his real-life daughter. No wow. shit. Yeah, that's his real-life daughter. And... She, right, plays this, uh, she plays this Russian reporter in the thing. Uh, oh, wait, no, it's not his real life's daughter. I got that wrong. Mm. It's Maria Bakalava, the actress who plays Borat's daughter in Borat's subsequent movie film, is an award-winning 24-year-old whose Instagram account uh, shares everything from photos with her dog to Poolside swimsuit. Okay, so I got that wrong. For some reason, I thought it was his real daughter. Anyway, point is, she plays his daughter in the film, and so she plays a Russian reporter. And anyway, so she gets to Giuliani. Hmm. And dude, Giuliani is so disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm not kidding you it's because... A sick bastard. It's not, it's not even the fact that... It's not even the fact that like, yeah, him, you know, thinking he's going to get somewhere with this, you know, obviously like 20-year-old Russian reporter and he starts, you know, 
playing pocket pool with himself in the bath in the in the hotel room on film. I mean, think about that. Right? On film that and that he thinks that she's into him in the way that he keeps calling her my dear and patting her in a kind of a creepy way. It's real weird, bro. When you watch this, you're like, number one, how could Giuliani be that delusional? Mm. Right? Like, how does he think that's really happening? Mm. Then two, I don't know if you've ever seen an old male flirt, like really flirt. It's kind mm-hmm. of embarrassing. Yeah, I have. Have I you have. seen it? Oh, yeah. Who did you see? I've just seen it. I've just witnessed it multiple times through my life. And it's embarrassing. Yes. Because you're like, dude, you're, you, you're an idiot. Like, yeah, what are you absolutely. Doing? So did you see that? And then, and then you see him lay down on the bed with his glasses and it's kind of like fucking... Comb over? And it, yeah, and it was like upside down cereal bowl forehead and he's got his fucking hands down his pants and you see him like rubbing himself on camera. What? On camera. How do they get him on camera doing this? It's, it, it's, isn't it a hidden camera? Yeah, it's a hidden camera. She set up some shit. He signed yes because he thought he was getting interviewed. So he went ahead and said, whatever, yeah, it's fine. And then he thought the interview was over, and he goes to the hotel room for a couple more drinks with this Russian girl who thinks, who's telling him, like, oh, you are America's mayor. I can't believe I'm so nervous. I don't want to, you know, and he's like, that's okay, my dear. I'll help you relax. I'll help you relax. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> and then at some point, they're in the hotel room, and then as it's going on, uh, Barat jumps through and he's wearing like some naked, he's like wearing like a pink, like naked suit. Yeah, like right. like lingerie or whatever. And he's like, leave her alone, Rudy. She's too old for you. And then, and dude, Rudy, like as old and as drunk as he was, he was on his feet in a New York minute, bro. He was like, up and out. Let's see if I can get this audio going. Fuck. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen. So he's just uh, another acting like Trump. He just got caught on tape. I mean, dude, how is a guy that's that dumb? Here you go. Let's see if we can. Let me see if I can get this. Here. He's walking into the interview room. That's him sitting down. That sounds like an old man sitting down, right? (laughs) Right? Nice to meet you, my dear. Nice to meet you. You are one of my greatest heroes. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Shakes her hand again. This is like the third time he's shooken her hand. Mm. And he's starting to get that like disgusting, like old man flirt look on his face. Like, uh. man, I can't believe it. This might actually mm. happen. <laughs> he's starting to like vibrate. I will try my best, but because I'm super excited and nervous. I'm... Well, you relax. I'll relax. You want me to ask you questions? This is a fucking cocksucker. You want me to ask you questions? <laughs> 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 okay. Yes, thank you. I feel like. I'm living in a fairy tale. Sure. He grabs both her hands. Okay. 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 He grabs both her hands and he's like, winks out. He's like, you're going to do good, okay? And then in the movie, like, you know, uh, you're going to hear the part where, like, Sasha, as her father, uh, Barat's, like, driving to try to stop this, like, sex thing that's about to go down. The whole concept is that Barat has to give his daughter to Giuliani in order to fucking, I don't know what, fix Kazakhstan. So he's like driving up in a horse trailer in front of, and he's got this weird disguise on, like long hair. He looks crazy as fuck, and he's like running in. I'm going to cut right to Giuliani. 
Here we go. So probably in a rough estimate, how many lives President Trump saved? I'd say he saved a million lives. It would have been a million more had he had he waited that month the way the Democrats would have done. Yeah. You hear that, fucker? Trump saved a million lives in COVID. Yeah. Uh, but he acted swiftly. He acted before anybody. In fact, even his own, even his own advisors, some of them advised really? him not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. You're a little bit. This is good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> They're drinking whiskey now. Never been in front of the camera. I've always been behind of the camera. But today, something uh, with I this. I think you're gonna look pretty good. <laughs> we'll see. You're gonna look pretty but good. It's because of you. Well, thank you. I really feel like Melania right now. Melania. Well, you're doing very well. <laughs> you're gonna look pretty Sorry, good. Sorry, And then like Barack comes in in this fucking. Hour. But let's let me get to the hotel room part where he's like laying down. It's unreal. Okay, here that. Then now she's crying and she's pretending to be upset, and he's gonna help her feel better in the hotel room. You can give me your phone number and your address. <laughs> oh, did you hear him patting her? Did you hear that? Yeah. Listen to this. Okay, just listen to this oh, pat. Sit, 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 sit. Okay. I'm so sorry for that. Really, apologize. She touches Apology his knee. Accepted. No problem. He's okay. really okay. excited. Now. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for giving me this time. Shall we have a drink in the bedroom? <laughs> he follow. He hobbles behind her. What up? There you go, my dear. Okay. You can give me your phone number and your address. That's him patting her on the ass. She's now lifting the shirt out of his pants. Now he's sticking his hand down his pants and grabbing his junk. Put down your crumb. She's 15. She's too old for you. What, what, she, why are you just no, like she's you? my daughter. Please take me instead. Take my anus. No, no, take my anus. Do not take my anus. My back pussy very tight. Enjoy my cum in your mouth. I was in prison many years, so I have techniques with my mouth. Hello, what's going on here? Look at this guy. I forgot this <laughs> union. What's going on? Look at this okay, guy. Trump will be disappointed. You are leaving hotel without golden shower. <laughs> oh my god. And that's legit Giuliani. Giuliani called the cops on on he didn't know what it was yet and he called the cops on them and the cops investigated and were like, Oh dude, that's Sasha Baron, whatever the fuck his name is. And you signed off on it. And you signed off on it. And then Giuliana tried to later be like, oh, I realized it was him halfway through. And so when he's laying on the on his back in the thing and he's sticking his hand down his pants, his big defense is that I was tucking in my shirt. <laughs> Look at Steve's face. These guys, these guys are all cut this the, guy, same, the same shit, bro. Dude, this guy is the guy that's blowing the lid off international scandals. He's so smart, he's going to figure out China and Russia's crazy scandals that don't involve Trump, but he's not so smart that he's going to get caught on tape playing with his noodle. Damn. How is Dummy. He, right. How is he the same guy that's going to like blow the lid off all these Democratic people? He doesn't even know he's on fucking camera. He doesn't even know he's just starring in a fucking majorly released film, huh? Exactly. Right, yeah, right, around the election. right around the election. Right around the election. Boy, they really got... How do you get the... How did they get all that out and the timing and like... How does that work, bro? Because that movie... We all know what that movie was. 
that movie, I think. Well, to be honest with you, I don't. Shot. I think that they probably had it in the can longer than really whatever. And then when they had it ready to go, they probably delayed release. Slow play that. And they made it on Amazon Prime, so it got out to everybody real quick. And then Trump, right? So this thing drops on this last Friday. Trump then goes on to say that he's like, Barat, he's like, you know what? He's a creep, and I don't find him funny. Trump's saying that that... Sasha Baron Cohen is a creep and he doesn't think he's funny. But Trump's lawyer was caught on tape whacking his noodle because he thought he was going to get some 18-year-old pussy. Exactly. Huh. That's his lawyer. That's Trump's lawyer. That's his that's who's advising him in the law. And Michael Cohen said that Giuliani is almost always drunk. Right. Where's Michael Cohen now? He's in jail. Right. How long did he get? He got like three years. That's because he turned state's evidence and he wrote that book. He said he said some things in that book about Trump that are crazy. I mean, you're just like, wow, really? Like even that? So I don't know if What did his testimony amount to? Well, it, it well his testimony against Trump amounted to Trump ordered and directed money from his campaign to be paid through Cohen to Stormy Daniels, right, to keep quiet about their affair prior to the election. It's a misuse of campaign funds. You can't use campaign funds to pay off your porn. Star friend. You can use your own personal funds, but he didn't. He used campaign funds. And Cohen is the one that fingered Don Sr. and Don Jr. And all the courts stopped Don Sr.'s uh, criminal prosecution because he w- he's the acting president. You can civilly get in trouble, but they stopped it for now. It's not over. So this thing ends. He's going to have to face the music. And that came out as uh, it was referenced in the reports as it wasn't defendant one, but it was like perpetrator one or something. They used a code name that everybody knows means President Trump. So it's until his thing is over, then he's going to have to face that music, the breaking the campaign finance laws by paying off his porn ex-girlfriend, or I don't know what that what that is. You know, I don't even. I think it might have even been prostitution. I don't know, but so yeah, that's and so and Michael Cohen was the inside attorney on the whole thing on on ten twenty years of Trump bullshit, and he said that Giuliani's always drunk, that he's a pawn for the Russians. That if Trump isn't necessarily a pawn for the Russians, Giuliani is the one that brings them all the scandals that Vladimir Putin has come up with in order to help Trump try to win the election. And Giuliani doesn't understand that he's carrying the water for our enemies. Uh, But, you know, regardless of the debates, regardless of all that stuff, it now says, like... uh, 56 million people have already voted. voted. Yeah. 
Right. And there and and that that type of a number has already got Trump and his people tripping the fuck out. Yeah, because I think Trump's going to be facing a lot of fucking I think he's got a real problem. And I think I think if he doesn't win, he's going to have to flee the country. But if he also if he doesn't win, isn't he going to try and play the role? I told you that these fucking mailings was a fucking I mean, he's going to try to delay all that. Mm. Right. He is going to do that for sure. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's not going to carry water. He doesn't have enough friends to protect him. He burned. If he would, if Trump would have gotten a little normal in the last two years of this presidency, he would have bought enough Republican tickets from the higher ups that he could have really had a chance to stay in office or even have the Supreme Court find in his favor if there's a, a vote but he's pissed off enough people that I don't think he's got a snowball's chance in hell in tr in getting any support to stay in office on any kind of bullshit I think that he knows that and I and if I was to if I, I mean you know that's why I can't I don't understand any of these does presidency does the presidency change the day of the election? No, the of the election? no. It's after the inauguration. And how long is that in January? Yeah, it's in January. So that's how long he's got. You know, his son Don Jr. is running around arguing. Uh, you know, uh, and did you see that McConnell is like all bruised up and weird looking? Mm -mm. From what? They don't know. They, uh, his lips are all blue. His hands are all blue. He's got band-aids all over himself. He looks like I mean, he looks like big, you know, Big Lep had to collect some rent from him and Damn. he didn't, you know, he didn't have money to pay up. Big Trump needed to send over some fucking people to straighten him out. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen. And you're like, why is he So in any event, that is sort of what's happening. So I really think that Trump's not gonna win. I don't think he's gonna win either. Not with you on that. Sean? Man. You know, I thought Trump wasn't going to win the last one. Yeah, I don't but... Think anybody it... did, but... No, I definitely think don't think... Especially with... If the turnout is what they're saying, it's... It, it's uh, you know, there's only one reason for people to turn out now. Yep. And that's because they're pissed off. That's right. They say that the Democrats have a 73% chance to take the Senate. And they're going to keep the House. What we may be coming up on is a full Democratic president, House, and Senate, meaning nobody's going to stop them from passing whatever fucking legislation they want to pass. Hmm. Well, I thought that the Republicans had the seats all sewed up. Nope. In the Senate, they did, but Lindsey Graham's in trouble. He's getting beaten by a no-name. A no-name. Who's raised more money than him. Black dude. In Lindsey Graham's state. Lindsey Graham might, for all intents and purposes, be washed up. McConnell's in the fight for his life against somebody. I don't know that she's lesbian, but she looks lesbian. There's all these Senate races. Dude, Texas is tied between Democrat and Republican. That's how bad Trump is fucked up. This thing is not good. So what do the hardcore Republicans that don't necessarily go for Trump anymore. Right. What are those people thinking? The can real conservative whites. Okay, so the real conservative... Okay, all right. Well, 
number one, the there's a long list of Republicans that are voting that are that are Republican politicians voting for Biden. There's so a long list. They're voting Democrat. They're voting Democrat and they're making it publicly known. Wow, they're That's making crazy. it publicly known. So I think the real white conservatives, if you wanted to call that the heart of the Republican Party, I think they want Trump out. I think Republicans have a real problem. I think they got a real right. problem. Called Donald Trump. No, but I think also Donald Trump kind of like flushed out all the shit that they that was supposed to be unspoken. All the racist shit, all the shit like, yeah, we're really for corporate and we don't really want to help anybody and blah, 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 blah. All that stuff got flushed up to the surface. Not everybody knows it. The truth. Right. So you have Tea Party people who hate the real white conservatives. Tea Party people are people who are like, they're at the level of we want to be libertarian. No rules at all. Just freedom for everybody. Just whoever's the strongest survives and that's that. Libertarians don't want it. drugs. Blah, blah. Some of what libertarians say is appealing because it's like we shouldn't have drug laws. We shouldn't have this. We shouldn't have that. Then the other parts of it aren't appealing where it's like, yeah, but what about like we got to stop pedophilia and we can't allow murder. And, you know, it, so it's a real weird thing. But it's it's a fantasy. Libertarianism is a fucking, you know, it's kind of a fantasy bullshit. It's like you're never going to have that. There's never been that and there never will be that. Okay. Yeah, that that's in the Republican Party. Right. And that's kind of on the side of small government attitudes. We want small government. Then you have the con social conservatives, which are, you know, and maybe the Christians. They're not concerned about less taxes. They're not concerned about libertarianism. What they're concerned about is allowing America to free fall into this. Anyone can have sex with anyone and anyone can have abortion stuff. They're against that. That's their main focus and protecting Christian values and reminding everybody this is a Christian nation. At the end of the day, you can say what you want about the Constitution, but everybody knows that the founding fathers were Christian, except American Indians, of course, they were, and African Americans. They came. Right. But so there's that. And then you have the fiscally conservative. Now, all they care about is taxes and regulations. They don't buy into the Christian thing or the moral thing, and they're not so heavy into the libertarian thing either because they understand that you need a strong state in order to make sure that there's money, that theft doesn't go unpunished, you know, all the stuff that makes business go. But they don't want to be taxed more than is minimal, and they certainly don't want to be taxed to pay for any of these social programs for poor people. They don't want that either. That's the coalition of the Republicans. It used to be that they could all move in one direction. They had a party discipline that allowed them to vote and, and pick candidates like Ronald Reagan and George Bush. But in the last sort of Bush senior, Bush junior, you started to get a kind of afraid, broken down, a, a sort of snapping off of what used to be kind of like a, we all agree to get along until we defeat socialism and these fucking Democrats, and then right. we'll deal with each other later. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. You start to see a breakdown in that relationship because the Tea Party people kept getting more and more sick of the moderate Republicans who were going along with some of the social re re republic uh, social programs a little bit, right? Like you kind of, and even Roberts when. Justice Roberts, who was picked by Republicans, 
sided with Obamacare in his decision and upheld it. That was kind of the breaking point for the libertarians who were like, these fucking Republicans aren't doing what we want them to do. And then sort of there was kind of a lame Republican field. You had Ted Cruz, who nobody likes. You had um, Jeb Bush, who was kind of like white bread with milk poured on it. Just kind of like... <laughs> and then you had blah, blah, blah. So and they were tired of losing the presidency. They were, they were coming up on, you know, probably picking some justices. I'm sure you got people in the Republican Party who sit back and think about who's retiring next. Da, da, da. So all of that starts to fall apart. And I think bec- since Bush, you know, you've had this uneasy alliance with the fiscal conservatives and the social just the criminal or I mean the Christian sort of reform people or the Christian values people, the family values people, right? You start to get an uneasy alliance. Bush Sr., if you go back and take a look at what Bush Sr. was doing, you'll see that he's not like a super religious guy. And then his son is this kind of like born-again saved guy. And so he's picking up that support. He's trying to get more of the Christians into the fold and trying to get that evangelical vote, which eventually you get to Trump. So once you get to Trump, you have a complete fall apart of all that because evangelicals had to confront at some level that Trump is probably an atheist and is totally cynically using Christianity as a means of getting support. No one in their right mind, no Christian, no real Christian who puts their hands up for Jesus and dances with a tambourine and runs around and is all about the good news, looks at Donald Trump and thinks that guy represents Jesus Christ. Not single. (laughs) Can be. So they have to confront that. Then you have the fiscal conservatives did like Donald Trump because he really cut the tax. But once he cut the taxes, they no longer need him. Then you have the libertarians who um, I think they like Donald Trump because he was tearing apart some of the, the regulations for the environment and the national parks and all this other kind of stuff. But he's not a libertarian, really. He's not a libertarian. So these relationships start to fray. And so now they're stuck because a lot of Republicans made the calculation that we're going to stick with Donald in return for a justice on our side, a Supreme Court justice on our side. Hmm. And I think as a result, they've been shown to have, these Republicans have been shown to have zero actual values, no real commitment because they were willing to allow their party to be led by a con artist at best or a confused opportunist yeah. at worst, right? Yeah. They, allowed, they, they basically gave their allegiance, didn't have a backbone to stand up to him, let McCain die in the ground, right? And be bad-mouthed by this fucker. And, and McCain, a veteran, uh, who was in yeah. a POW, yeah, bad-mouthed bad by... A fucking rich kid's son with bone spurs. They stood by that guy. So now there's a crisis in the Republican Party where it's like Trump energized so many people to reassert everything from public education to socialized medicine. Like everybody, that's why it's record-breaking, and that's why you're going to probably have Dems taking over the entire government because... Trump for a few 
Supreme Court justice nominations basically got everyone so fucking pissed off that they are now going to put in Democrats and get rid of the Republicans completely for at least for the next four years. Oh, I like that. Is that where we're going to leave it? Yeah. No, I was going out there. I was smoking. Uh, yeah? I like that. I like that. You know, I thought that they had it on lock, all the seats and this and that. And, you know, Dude, a lot of the stuff you described, I still try and wrap my head around and understand political. I think they're fucked. What I don't under, I I think that the Republicans are fucked in a way that they haven't been fucked in a long time since oh, I like Nixon. That. Since I like Nixon. That. I think you're very optimistic, my friend, and I think that uh, I would. I don't. I don't know that I would necessarily say that I trust that uh, Middle America is going to give up that grip that easy. I'm just telling you, like based on the chances, the chances of taking the Senate is seventy three percent. Damn, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty beefy. The chances, they already have the House. The, the chances of them keeping the House is 93%. And Biden is leading what by, it, by seven in Pennsylvania. What does seven mean when you say seven? Seven, seven points. Million? Seven points. So what's, what's a point? So when you have a poll and it says, I'm going to vote for Biden, it'll be 67 to 60, or it'll be 57 to 50. 57 for Biden, 54 Trump. So it, because it can't be more than 100, it'll be whatever it is. You know, 57, 40, uh, I mean, uh, so 50 to 43. He's seven points ahead, so almost 10% more. Yeah. Okay. And that's multiple polls averaged together. That's after the final debate. That's after supposedly, you know, Trump was looking for a game changer. That didn't happen. Yeah. And now his Giuliani's whacking it on TV. <laughs> you got fucking everything that can go wrong in a campaign has gone wrong. Uh, oh, I just heard a report today that uh, the majority of COVID cases are coming from rural America now. Yeah. And, and, and Biden said, like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't see it in a red state or a blue state. Like Trump is saying that all the Democratic states are locked down and they're not doing well economically. And he's like, yeah, but like if you look at the red states, they're having spikes. All of the red states have right. spikes. And he's like, to me, it's all the United States. Everybody's having trouble right now. And that's how we have to handle it. You know, and then Trump wants to talk about, you know, whether or not Hunter got money from China or whatever. And nobody gives a shit about that. Um, so I... I I really think there's, I, and you know, it coincides. And I was thinking about this the other day. It's got to be. Well, I was just thinking about Hunter, uh, the Hunter Biden thing. And like, it's all accusations. And like, how many times is, <laughs> how many times has he been accused right. of shit? Right. Of like, Trump? I mean, yeah. Or his kids. How about this? Trump admits and had. A secret Chinese bank account for the last 20 years. And he's paid more in Chinese taxes than he has in American taxes. Wow. No. That's crazy. Serious. That serious? No. That's a no real more? thing. I he doesn't that. deny it. He had to admit it in the debate. He had to try to defend it. And, and, and these racist people. See, the thing is, I was thinking about this too. 
Obama, this is how calculated I actually think it is. Obama, I think, created enough anger in white supremacists that it became ripe. He had four, he had two back-to-back terms, and he got the country on track, and he pushed a lot of things. And what people don't remember is that Obama in the first two years tried to work with the Republican Congress, and Mitch McConnell back then said, we're shutting it down. Yeah, Remember that? Yeah, they blocked him on everything. So at some point, Obama was like, so then fuck you. I'm going to just, I guess I can't get it from you guys. I tried to work with you, but I'm not. So he, So Obama went on and continued on doing whatever he was doing. So then I think there was enough. And you know what? I knew a guy. His name was Jebby. Jebby. Jebby was a rich. Jib. He was. Uncle Jib. Jebby was a rich guy from Louisiana. And he was rich from oil. And was a real character. He's the kind of guy that would ask you, do you like duck meat? Well, why don't you duck down and get this meat? <laughs> oh, Uncle Jim. <laughs> Chebby. He would say that all the time, man. He would say that all the time. He would also eat grapes before he'd get on a flight because they gave him terrible gas. And he took great glee. He's a 50-year-old man just farting on planes and just in first class and just, I mean, rasping them. And I used to be in the car with him when he would do that. And I'm telling you, they were tear jerkers. Like, you'd, his farts were the worst of the worst. God, That's what yeah. this guy was all about. Sick bastard. Worth 400 million bucks, bro. Yeah. Right? And this guy was running around, I think, three years into Obama's term saying, aren't you sick of Obama now? Aren't you, aren't you glad? I don't, I can't, can't, you can't wait to vote him out, right? He was hmm. racist. He wouldn't say it. But he hated Obama. He didn't have any real reasons why. And he's representative to me of what was going on during that administration for people like Jebby. Oh, Jebby. And so I think Donald Trump cashed in on that. I don't even think that Donald Trump may traditionally be a real racist. I actually think Donald Trump realized that there's such an ire over what Obama is and who he was you know, that an African-American got into the Oval Office, that these other people want to see someone like them claim it back. Right, right, right. right. That makes sense. And I think that's why Trump was able to say things like, I could shoot someone in the street and it wouldn't matter. Because I think they had done the calculation that these people are so hell-bent on having someone like them in the office to grab it back. And that's why he's got to come across as... A low class, I don't know what's the right word. Dirtbag. Because those people thought that somebody that they would refer to as the N word, right, got into the White House and was there for two times. They're going to send their own version of their N word into the White House. And that was Donald Trump. Mm. That's their N word. That makes sense. I like that. But the, but the problem is, is that's the reason why the game book won't work for the second time is because. While the racists are still clinging to him, he doesn't have enough padding support around that because the sands have shifted completely, partially due to COVID and partially due to the fact that people are just tired of Donald Trump's fucking shit. There's a millions and millions of people who would love to go back to Sleepy Joe government, which is you didn't hear much about it. You didn't know right. much about it. Shit right. just worked. Right. Right. 
You didn't want to hear. It wasn't another, in the news every day. No Twitter fights. Right. Yeah. No anything. And you know, in his debate, Trump said, uh, when Biden or somebody said that there's 500 children who can't find their parents now because of your policies down at the border, Trump said, "Good." Damn. I look at my little girl, dude. She's you know, 15 months, and I think about. What would she do if she didn't know where her dad and mom were, man? How much would that break her heart? He's a sick piece of shit. Fuck Trump. Serious? He really said that? Yeah, he's a piece of shit, man. I'm just sorry. I I just hope this guy, what I'm upset about. Yeah. They got all these people, all these senseless murders going on. They catch on camera and all these people getting shot and all these. And not one of these motherfuckers can aim a straight bullet right at the Donald Trump. <laughs> How do you shoot everybody else except him? That's the guy. So I'm just going to be a little bit upset that this guy went out, but he, they, he didn't get assassinated out. Well, you don't know what's going to happen. That's right. Thing. That's right. Goddamn right. That's right. We don't know what's going to happen. But I'm just saying, you just don't know how. What are you thinking, Sean? I see uh, you. you know, uh, he's going to be, I mean, even if he's voted out, um, yeah, I don't. I expect it's him gonna to be a kill. pain in the ass. Huh? There's gonna be. Well, yeah, he's gonna be a, some sort of spokesperson for, you know, some sort of part of America, and I'm sure he's gonna rile them up. Yeah, I don't. Do you think he's gonna give up rallies? Even I mean, if he gets voted out. No, I don't think that. He said he'd run again if he if he gets uh, if Biden wins. I think that he makes a lot of money bilking people. Look. His guy, who was that guy, Steve Bannon, right? The fat guy with the yeah. bad hair? Yeah. He actually got busted because he stole a million dollars or whatever it was from the fund to build the wall. Right. So, and that's not, that's like undisputed. There's no dispute that Steve Bannon improperly siphoned off money that was donated to build the wall to keep Mexicans out. So, what I'm trying to say is, is that. I think for these guys, it's all a scam. Donald is trying to sell shit. Jared Kushner's selling shit. Ivanka's selling shit. Melania probably can't wait to get the fuck away from Trump. And then you got Steve Bannon. All these fuckers are using racism to line their pockets. That's what's Mm. really going on. Mm. Those guys at the top don't really believe that. Or if they do, they don't believe it as strongly as they say. Those guys are lining their fucking pockets, and these Trump supporters are too damn foolish and too committed to this racist bullshit to see it, so they donate all this money, and they don't question where it goes. It's so dangerous. I mean, they're riling up a a section of... Hey, those people got to be put down. Either, you know, however, through good argument, through convincing, or what. I don't know. But those people got to be put down. And they're the ones that cannot handle racial humor. Like, we talk about race on here and we joke on, around about race and stuff like that, but that's that's like, you could go into any group and they joke about the racism or races or stereotypes or whatever it is. There's a certain element that it's like, that's camaraderie, that's joking around, that's just whatever it is. And then there's a group of people that they take that shit serious. Like, for them, if you joke about it, it's a green light to Mm. what they really want to do. Right. And that's why the PC was put into place. PC wasn't put into place other than to try to put a barrier between the people who can handle the jokes 
And the people who, when they hear the jokes, mean it's like go time for a terrorist act. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really worried about that. Like if Biden gets elected, if that charges that section of the population. I think we're in, I think we're in for a, a fucking total change up in the American system and in the, in the, in the international order. I, I think we are too. I really think that. I think the jobs aren't coming back. <sighs> COVID's going to change everything. And I think that by the time things, quote unquote, get stabilized, we're going to be on a different program. Has to be. Yeah. I don't, dude, I was thinking about automation and I was talking to my wife. Oh, I go, man. you know what I think is going on between China, Russia, the United States, uh, and uh, Europe? It's a race. It's a race for who's going to be able to automate everything completely first. in their country first. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with that 100%. And if you really look at what's happening across the board, it all points towards that, bro. It can't go any other way. It, Bro, look at, man, I'm watching banks, financial institutions, yeah, communication institutions. Right. All begin to close all their retail. Right. Right. Everything is moving too. We're also seeing, we've been seeing retail. Right. Close, close, close. Right. We're seeing less actual physical restaurants and more communal community kitchens. Right. That work with the grub hubs and everything. Too. Right. It's all right. being simplified down. Right. To automation. Right. And I think, like, I think that the powers that be. Yeah. looked at this automation they're like you know what it's going to take us we're doing great but it's going to take us about 20 years right to get to where we need to get to right we need something to speed this thing up right and here comes the transformation the turnover onto in, onto a digital automated platform and bro it's not only is it happening not only is it happening the companies that are up front doing it first are fucking uh um Growing? prospering right think well, about that well not only that listen not only that listen but some of the companies that are doing it aren't even turning a profit yet they're the most valuable commodities I mean, that's real fucked up but think about it why would that be it's because the powers that be know that's where we're going that's where the power's at and they want to keep those guys in business to finish their fucking projects yeah and, and so, then they'll be taken right away from underneath them. Well, what I think is, and I was talking to my wife about this the other night, and I was thinking about this. So the rush is who's going to be fully automated first? That's the rush. And we're, that's going to go from everything from manufacturing all the way to war, mm -hmm. right? Who's going to have the best AI and who's going to have automation first? When that happens whoever has it first will be in such a lead position from the rest of the developing world it's going to redefine what the third world is it's going to redefine it yeah and those other yeah. companies or whatever they or other countries are going to be playing catch-up but as they play catch-up the theorists who are mathematicians have already figured out that once you hit automation and ai hits a certain level it's going to be exponentially growing faster too. Right, right. And it may very well be that what we call national security now, which involves weapons <coughs> and all this other stuff, is going to ultimately be uh, 
how far ahead you are from another country in its automation and its AI. Now, the issue with that is, and it's impossible for us to break out of our mindset to really understand what human life's going to look like when you don't need to do anything for survival or money anymore. Think about that. Right? You just got done talking about motivation and all this shit, right? How does that actually, what does that mean when the machines and the AI is taking care of our every need? Now, that will be the new economy. And it's something we can't understand. Where our needs and our protection are no longer something that human beings have to concern themselves with at the level that we do today. Mm-hmm. The new economy will be based on what human beings are producing by being not productive. Mm-hmm. And it'll be things that you can't even, that now would be worthless, right? But in this new vision, it would be something of interest because it'll be a piece of art that you couldn't have imagined unless you had... Well, something that AI can't do. Not just something that AI... Yeah, but it's not productive. Not productive, right. So it could very... Exactly. So, so, But the people in the world's trying to catch up, they'll be so busy trying to catch up, they will not be able to produce that either. Right, gotcha. And as a result, the export from the country that can reach this level first will be these items that are non-productive, that are worthless, but can only be created by people who have an abundance of leisure. Hmm. And they will want those things. And you can kind of see echoes of this when you look at record scratching. Video games. Those items... Like record scratching, that's something that can only come from a place where you don't have shit. Mm-hmm. You don't have the instruments. Right, right, right. right? right. And so it would take somebody without a job, right? And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying you're not sucked up into some corporate bullshit. Worrying about jumping through hoops anymore. You have you ha- time to actually think. You have time to actually think. Right. And that, it will be the new economy. I like that. The freedom to think. That's what it will be. <laughs> you guys... Let's keep the uh, let's keep the momentum going um, for the Democratic Party or any party to get fucking Donald Trump removed from office. Right. I think this is a great show, listeners. I hope you're out there voting this week, and let's get rid of that son of a bitch. That's how we feel at the Hard Luck Show. <laughs> let's get rid of that son. Oh, did I tell you that Snotty Nose Res Kids contacted us? No mm-hmm. way, really? Yeah, I'm supposed to get in charge with their get in touch with their manager to figure out. What the fuck we're doing? Oh, great! Yeah, well, shout awesome. out to Snotty Nose Reds kids. I would love to fucking have them on. All yeah. right, gentlemen. Well, listen, uh, we are about to wrap up this show. It's a massive fucking show. It was a great day. Listen, I want to give a shout out to the Soul Assassins, DJ Muggs, Estelle Oreo, Big Lep, Bob's. Um, tunes, everybody, the city of Santa Monica, I'm sending my love and respect to everybody in the city of Santa Monica. Um, Supermax Hardware, keep an eye out for it's dropping next week, um, at Supermax Hardware and www.supermaxhardware.com. Hard to Kill, keep an eye out for Hard to Kill, the podcast, the TV show. Uh, shout out to Big Burner, Cookies Family, and Vibes Rolling Papers. 
what you got, Chumahan? Avanda Bone LLP, you know what to do. We wear braids to court. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And, uh, hey, you know what I mean? Let me tell you something. Nah, never mind. Sean, what do you got? I want to say a big, heartfelt rest in peace to my buddy uh, Evan, DJ F1, um, founder of, uh, co-founder of Blomp, just a, some dude I, I, you know, I came up with in the, uh, in the music game, and, and uh, he was a really good friend of mine, and, uh, and I'm, I'm heartbroken, man. I'm heartbroken that he's, he's gone. What's his name? Evan. Evan. Evan oh, Fan. Rest in peace, Evan. Rest in peace, Evan. Rest in power. Rest in power. And that's it. Thank you. And as we say about this time, adios. Welcome to Hard Luck Show. <laughs>